Welcome to Buccaneer for Wildlife, a podcast hosted by me, Lucy Luck, where I talk to people across the Cornish County and beyond all about wildlife wonders, nature news and conservation in Cornwall today. Hello listeners and welcome back to Buccaneer for Wildlife. My name is Lucy and if this is your first time listening, welcome. The past few weeks and the past month in March have been been interesting. I, I celebrated a birthday, arguably whether it's a big birthday or not, I think it is, my 25th. And I just spent time with family, I saw friends and just spent as much time outside as possible. And it was really lovely, it was really wholesome. And at the moment, the sun's coming back, which is really good because it's been miserable for quite a few weeks now, just rain, which is typical Cornwall, but it's officially spring and it's looking like it now. So a lot more rock pools are in the diary, some snorkels are in there and just spending more time in the sun which is always really, really nice. For this episode, I wanted to take a deeper dive, pun intended, into the wildlife that we have in Cornwall, and especially in West Cornwall. Cornwall is one of the most beautiful places in the world. You may not see it in the winter, but in the summer and the spring when the sun is out, it transforms. And there's just so much natural beauty in everything is amazing and the wildlife is just on another level we see here so much wildlife we will see whales we will see basking sharks we have gray seals we have gannets we have puffins we have sunfish we have so much wildlife and we are incredibly lucky here by this coast to be able to access it and just to see it And it's just, it blows my mind and it just makes you speechless. It is incredible. I thought for this episode, I would talk to someone who sees the incredible wildlife we have here in Cornwall firsthand as part of their day job, as part of their hobbies, as part of their passions. And I couldn't think of anyone better to talk to than who I'm going to talk to today. Today's guest is a fellow volunteer from Mounts Bay Marine Group. And, like I said, spends most of his time out at sea, running his own wildlife watch tour business called Atlantic Adventures. Based in Mounts Bay, Andy explores our beautiful coasts on his trusty seven metre rib called Miss Me, venturing past St Michael's Mount, the Minack Theatre and Land's End. Atlantic Adventures offers some incredible experiences and I can absolutely second that. I've been on Andy's boat last year, I was on it regularly. I, any opportunity, I'll jump on there. And every exploration we'd have on there would be incredible. Um, little fun fact, we actually went out on the boat. I can't remember what time of year it was, but as we were passing St. Michael's Mount, we could see green screens and smoke and then we were informed that actually they were filming the prequel to Game of Thrones, House of Dragons, that day. So we were seeing behind the scenes of what was going to be the dragon scene or whatever scene it is in the show. Um, so that is very cool. I don't watch the show personally, but I still kind of fanned over the fact that that was happening over there in that moment. And he offers so many things from wildlife watch tours to snorkeling with a qualified BSAC instructor, who we have actually all met, and it's the wonderful Constance Morris, who we spoke to about her Connie's creatures. Um, and if you haven't heard her episode, do go back. She talks all about her passions, about the natural history of the Mounts Bay. Last year, like I said, I took loads of trips, and I will never forget them. I've seen dolphins, I've seen puffins, I've seen seals, just seen the behaviours and it's just so nice just to get out on the boat and share that experience with other people and feel the wind on your face and 
time just disappears when you're on the boat. Andy is, as an individual, such a passionate person when it comes to raising awareness for the wildlife we have in Cornwall. A spark just lights up and he just talks so much wisdom and all of his experience from being on the boat just comes out and just doesn't hold back. He will raise awareness about the threats they face, how we can help, or purely just about the behaviours that these animals and birds and mammals are showing while out on the boat. And I couldn't think of anyone better to talk to. So please welcome the skipper of Miss Me on Atlantic Adventures, Andy Coey. I'm very well, Lucy. Well, thank you very much for inviting me uh, to take part in one of your uh, podcasts. Um, great honour. Brilliant. Uh, it's, a, it's a brilliant thing you do. Brilliant to get a, a message out about our environment and, um, and all the wildlife. So, yeah, great to, great to have you here. Thank oh, you. No, you've been on the list for a while and I've been excited to talk to you. So, Andy runs a business called Atlantic Adventures so that's mainly what we're going to be talking about today with you. So let's start from the beginning. How did your journey with Atlantic Adventures begin? Because from conversations I've had in the past, it wasn't always, you never thought this was good, you were going to do, it kind of just developed. It did, that's right, yeah. Well, my sort of, it, it goes back, as most of the things, these sort of things do, to my childhood. I started off... Well, I got my love and passion from the sea for coming on holiday to Cornwall as a child, um, spending a lot of time in the sea, surfing, and then we started snorkeling as well. And then you get to see the uh, sort of amazing uh, wildlife that's that's under the sea. Um, and then as time went by, got, got older, I decided um, it would be a good idea to um, maybe do some diver training. So I, I trained as a, a, a sport scuba diver. Um, and then I met uh, Kay, who was to become my wife, and she, she trained uh, the year after I did. So we both had a, a great passion for the sea and for diving and for the wildlife in our, in our seas. Um, and then as time went by, we sort of went away as, as a diving group all around uh, the southwest diving. Uh, and then a friend of mine got a boat and we did diving as, as friends. And then a few years later, I decided I was going to get my own boat. And um, we just really, for, for pleasure purposes, and we just used to, to go off around the southwest of England, uh, just looking at our fantastic wildlife. And again, I, I thought whether it would be possible to maybe do this commercially and take people, other people out to see our fantastic wildlife. So it all really developed from there and, we, and we've sort of built the business up over the, over the last few years. And how long has Atlantic Adventures been around now? Well, we've been going now. This is actually um, our... We're coming into our sixth year now. So we've been we've done five seasons and we're coming into our sixth season now. So, yeah, it's been uh, quite a... Uh, yeah, quite a, a brilliant experience, really, over the last few years. And I discovered you... Well, when I moved here, so about three years ago, last year was the year I went out the most. I loved it. I yeah. loved every single adventure. Just the snorkeling and seeing the seals, seeing the dolphins. I still haven't seen any whales, uh -huh. which I'm quite surprised about. <laughs> so this year I will want to tick a whale off my list. That's it. Well. But we've been out with school kids as well, and the way you interact with your customers, but your people having experiences, it's amazing. You'll stop and you'll say, okay, this bit of land, and then say a bit of history about it. It is a tour guide as well, and then if we, you go into like some spider senses, and if you see a, a ripple, you know it's a dolphin, and you'll scoot up over there, and that's creating incredible memories for yeah. people on the boat. 
Well, that's um, this is it. It's, it comes with uh, you know the more time you spend out on the water, then the more you learn. Uh, you learn about nature, about how it behaves, um, and you you know you sort of pick up on the on the signs where the birds are, where the birds are feeding, where the fish are likely to be. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a a, a a brilliant learning curve. I've learned so much myself from 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 uh, running the business uh, I, I was never taught anything I've, I've never sort of done any marine biology courses or anything like that so it's all been uh, f from gaining knowledge myself and from people around me as well there's some fantastic people out there that are that are, are willing to help you when we first when I first started off there's a, a another company called marine discovery and I, I when i had the idea of maybe starting up i sat down with them and they they were they're brilliant people hannah and duncan they gave me um you know lots of help um, you know where to go how to behave around wildlife lots that i i didn't really know didn't understand so there's lots of people out there that are keen for for others to to get out and um uh, in, enjoy the wildlife and also educate others into the wildlife as well so it's been a it's been a brilliant uh, yeah brilliant few years and um, what do you how important do you feel it is for people to see the wildlife that's out there oh it's critically important so many people have no even no base knowledge of what's in our seas um you, you know you look at a you look out stand on a cliff and look out to sea and all you see really is water um, it's not until you take time to really look out there that you you can see that there is far more than just the water. That's what's in the water, uh, you know, what's what's flying above the water. Um, it just makes such a such a difference. And um, you know, taking people out there and showing them the diversity of life, uh, and give giving helping to give them an understanding of how important it is, um, how much we actually have around the UK coast and especially around the southwest coast, um, how important um, it is, uh, the relationship between the species, how without one species you wouldn't have another species. So, you know, obviously in our waters, well, in all waters, it all starts with the tiniest creatures, the plankton, and then the fish eat the plankton. And then the bigger fish eat the smaller fish and then the cetaceans the whale and dolphins eat the you know sort of eat the fish and eat the plankton um and then you've got the relationship with the with the birds how the the birds sort of interact uh with other species as well you know how you can uh how you can tell where the cetaceans might be where the whales and dolphins might be by just purely looking to see where the birds are feeding so to give people an understanding of how the whole ecosystem works and how important each little link in the food chain is without one uh if one of those links is lost then the whole uh the whole ecosystem could could collapse and it's important so important that people understand that that's why it's important to understand um the types of fishing we do and it's so important to um give people an understanding of why sustainable uh, methods of fishing are so important why we can't just super trawl the oceans and keep doing that and expect our ecosystems to stay in in balance it's um it's not going to happen so that's you know a really really important part and also um for for self-well-being and mental health it's so important that we give people the opportunity to to see these fantastic um these fantastic animals and, and outside as well yeah yes that's it you can never feel rubbish after being on a boat no honestly no. it's just Absolutely. time goes like that even though you're on it four hours yeah it does it, it does it so, is a massive well-being it is so it's that's a you know a really important and it gives you not that we do it for self-satisfaction well i suppose we do to a degree because it's it's just amazing to see 
people's faces, you know, when they when, when they, they haven't the seen that's it. When they see it, they see a dolphin sort of splashing in from the distance, and just to see the look on their faces completely change. Uh, you know, they might be cold, wet, feeling generally miserable after sitting on the boat for an hour and a half, having seen nothing, uh, and then to see something just splashing in the distance and coming towards them and just to see the change on their faces so you know that's it's critically important that people have the opportunity to spend time outside bit at sea bit on the land but most definitely to spend time uh, respectfully um, being with wildlife that's uh, that's the big thing i think 100 percent. you've escaped into a whole other world when you go on the boat you, especially being in Mounts Bay, you just don't realise what's out there. The species we get here is just absolutely insane. We'll get basking sharks, we'll get all sorts of cetaceans, we'll get sunfish, um, all sorts of birds, tuna. I would never have seen that before if I hadn't gone out on a boat in Mounts Bay. No, that's it's amazing. It's, it is quite amazing. And if you tell you know, lots of people you you get on the boat and you have a quick run through before we leave the harbour of what we possibly might see. I mean, some days we go out and we don't see anything at all other than the seagull, but um, you know what? And you mentioned that you might see whales and people say, no, you can't, you can't see whales off Cornwall. Well, yes, we can. You know, It's just, right. it's just <laughs> so, luck and timing, but they're out there. That's just it. So it is, you know, the diversity of, of wildlife, out in the out in Mounts Bay and around the southwest coast is quite phenomenal, really. So, and you yeah. mentioned a bit about sustainable having to do sustainable fishing. So when it's not, it's a threat. Mm. Do you see the threats that wildlife face when you go out on a boat? Do you um, see that direct effect? Unfortunately, we do. We see that all too often, um, and we are seeing it more and more. <sighs> The threats we get are from pollution, so that might be from lost fishing gear. I mean, we know that you know fishermen don't intentionally lose their fishing gear, but sometimes they'll lose nets. Uh, sometimes it'll be uh, bits of monofilament fishing line. So if people are fishing with a, a rod and line, the line breaks, goes off into the sea, and it can cause a massive. Um, detrimental effect to our wildlife dolphins and seals can get their heads stuck in in fishing net um uh, and as the if it's a if it's a young seal as the seal grows the net can cut deeply into their into their flesh causing severe severe wounds and if they're not freed then ultimately they'll unfortunately they'll die and it's a very common injury you see it everywhere, not even mm. just in Cornwall. I've seen reports of something up just up country. Yes. Those two seals, they've just had this net around their, their uh, neck and it's dug so deep. Yeah. They're, luckily, they're in here in an RSPCA, but the injuries are awful. They so are. I, I don't think people do realise no. how dangerous they are. No, that's and it. you've seen a seal, it's a bit morbid, but you've seen a seal, I think, I can't remember you saying entangled while you're out there and you untangled it while people were on the boat yes. so you're raising awareness yes, it might be a bit yeah. hard to watch oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's so it. important oh, that it that is. happens it is yeah we had a, a adult male seal wrapped round the well that wasn't um that wasn't um gear that had been lost that was active live gear but it managed to get itself wrapped round the rope of a lobster pot and quite badly entangled, but we, we luckily we managed to, f to free that one. But it's not only, you know, with, with pollution, really anything, anything that forms any form of loop whatsoever, it can be as small as a bottle cap, you know, the little rings that go around the top of the bottles. And you think, well, that's insignificant. What's going to get stuck around that? Well, even... Dolphin get, beak. Yeah. You've got, there's a dolphin beak. I, I was looking at a... A photograph a couple of weeks ago of a dolphin um, which did literally have its beak caught so you know even if you see anything that forms a loop if you're out on the beach pick it up and put it in the bin and if you see bits of net pick it up um, and if you come across larger um, larger items 
that you can't remove off the beach, then there's organisations that you can contact, which will um, which will come out and um, come out and clear the beach for you, uh, or clear the item away for you. Um, in uh, around us, we've got um, Ghost Net Busters. Uh, which are a fantastic organisation. So, um, you know, they've got a group of volunteers all around Cornwall uh, and they'll uh, they'll come and clear the rubbish off the beach, you know. It's a fantastic organisations. We've got a few that recycle the nets as well. So, Ghost Gear UK. We had one in Marazion, a humongous, really lovely pink piece. And we all got together and removed it. And then they took it and then they collaborated with Behaviour Change and created these lovely bracelets and there's also people who make them into rugs and key rings so there's so many organizations yes, that are, there are. doing it, good to remove it. it and it's brilliant to see that every year there seems to be more people getting involved with it mm, um, and not just you know it's not going to landfill it's not going to the incinerator it is getting reused which is which is you know sort of fantastic fantastic to see and what other but, threats would you say well we um so we also see the direct effects that sort of boats and shipping can have on wildlife. So we do unfortunately see signs of boat strike. So we might see where, um, you know, it might be, you can physically see the wounds within the, within the animal itself. So it might be propeller wounds within, quite often we see them within dolphins. So, you know, dolphins, very curious animals. They'll come and say hello. Um, but unless you act um, sort of sensibly around an animal that's, that's sort of come up very close to your boat, if you're, if you're traveling too fast or if, you're, or if you're sort of taking your boat directly into a pod of feeding dolphins, then there's a high probability that one of the dolphins is going to get struck by your boat. I mean, they can obviously these animals can move exceedingly quickly, very agile, but they're not going to get it right 100% of the time. And if you've got a propeller going round it, God knows how fast, and you rub your back up against it, it's not going to be a good outcome. So um, it's so important that um, uh, the, the way people in boats behave around wildlife it's critically important that's another measure message that we try and get across to people so they have a an understanding of how to behave around wildlife when they see the wildlife and how we as a you know as a boat operator how and why we behave around the wildlife why you know some people will say well why aren't you going over to those animals we might see some animals 100 100 meters away but the way that those animals are acting um they might be passively feeding that um we obviously don't want to disturb their natural behavior so we won't go and we'll stay a long distance away from them and view them from a long distance this disturbance is a whole other threat that's that it. Wildlife faces as well. Oh, it is, and it's not just a, f a threat on the water. It's also um, marine wildlife is threatened from from the land as well. So from land disturbance. So um, you know, if you see seals on the beach, we quite often, especially this time of year, we get young seals will come out. They'll haul out onto the beach to rest. Um, they haven't quite worked out as yet where. The best places to haul out so they'll come out onto what is going to be a busy beach during the day and then you turn up with your out for a walk with your family and the dog and the seal sat there so you know it's um it's important to know that um when the wildlife is on land that you keep a good distance from it keep your dog on a lead keep out the way sort of thing let them rest and then let them get back in the water again and do their natural thing so important that um that wildlife is left to do what it's meant to do and we don't interfere with it. I know it's not always, you know, it's not always possible and it's not always black and white, but we should try our best to let them be in their natural environment without us interfering with them too much. It's us learning to be, like what, the, what Sue says, there's a lot, we need to learn to be a good neighbour, not just the seals, but to all the wildlife. No, oh, indeed. We just need to be respectful. It, it is. And you get a far better interaction 
with wildlife if you let it do what it wants to do naturally. Um, you know, if you get too close to a seal because you want to see it up closer, the seal will become aggressive, you know, and you're not seeing it in its natural environment. You're not seeing, you know, what it mm. should and wants to be doing. You're, yeah, so yes, it's important that we all know how to behave around, around wildlife. <laughs> And what other threats do we see? Well, we see, we spoke, um, you know, a little earlier about um, <clears throat> fishing. Um, unfortunately, we're seeing now the effects of bycatch as well. So bycatch is where um, either fish or cetaceans, whales, uh, dolphins and seals are accidentally caught in, in nets. Well, over the last few years, we've been seeing more and more uh, signs of bycatch. So we'll see, unfortunately, on the water, and it's not uncommon to come across a, a, a dead animal. And you can tell quite often that it's died after being caught in nets. Unfortunately, sometimes the, uh, the, the animal will become caught in its um, tail flukes in the net. And the only way that the fisherman can release the dead the dead animal from the nets is to cut its tail fluke off. So it's quite a gruesome sight to see. You'll come across a dead dolphin with no tail fluke. So, um, and yeah, we're seeing more and more of that. And we're getting, whether they're connected or not, who knows, but we're getting more and more reports of super trawlers working off our coasts sort of in the English Channel and out into the western approaches so out into the, to the seas off, off Cornwall and off France um, and over the last few months we've had between France and the UK the numbers that have been reported unfortunately are running into the to the hundreds so not the ones and the twos and the tens but the hundreds of animals um, being you know being found washed ashore and definitely been signs of bycatch. So. It is a common sight because we both do strandings as well. Yes, yeah. Most of them have either bycatch injuries or boat strike injuries. That's it. So that's the, unfortunately, seems to be a, a big factor. But that's, you know, it's not that all fishing, we need to think about, um, we need to think about where as individuals, you know, if we if we want to eat fish, that's fine. But think about where we're getting our fish from you know is it sustainable fishing i mean we're so lucky where we live around um penzance and um you know i live out near land's end so we've got senon uh cove which has got a a, a little local fishing community all run out of small boats all sustainable fishing mm. or long line fishing or um pot fishing so um you know potting for crabs and lobsters so all sustainable types of fishing so it's you know you just need to think a little bit you know it's not all about cheap food cheap food doesn't necessarily mean no. it's 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 the best so you might have to pay twice even three times the amount for it's your ethical it's that's it so there's and that all has a direct effect on our wildlife you know, not only the bycatch, but if you're trawling a whole shoal of fish, you know, what are these guys going to eat? What are the whales and the dolphins? And the mm, so they're <laughs> running out of food as well. So they're, you know, that's the thing. They could well be running out of food as a direct, as a direct result of what we want on the cheap. So, but, um, yes. Are you seeing... <laughs> A change in any species behavior maybe because of these threats or just generally after all these years seeing them is there a change well we we are, we think we're seeing a change but it's is it's very difficult to tell why we, we see changes i mean there's lots of research going on at, at the at the moment as to you know sort of what happens out in our seas and the effects that especially climate change is having but we are seeing we used to get 
quite a few basking sharks come into the Cornish waters um, as we approach the summer months, so sort of into to late, well, mid-late spring and into the early summer, but we're not seeing anywhere near the numbers of basking sharks we used to see. So the question is, why aren't we seeing them? Now we know, I mean, you know, sort of everybody knows that water temperatures are rising and we know here that almost um, every season when we start up again, we see that the water temperatures are are rising so and that has a direct effect the water temperature has a direct effect on the the plankton where the plankton are going to be at any one time so is it a case of the the fact the plankton have um have you know the water's too warm now for the for the the plankton um so the 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 basking sharks are just moving directly to colder waters so going further north um who knows but we know also that we're seeing species um here that we wouldn't have seen a few years ago so we're getting reports now of moray eels being found in lobster pots okay. you know, so you know Coming up, well, a lot further south than this. So <laughs> we're definitely getting species here that we wouldn't see. The walruses as well. So yeah, and we're getting you know sort of yes, as you say, sort of reports. The last few years we've had walruses round and about. Um, so yes, so we <clears throat> we do see a there is a change happening. Why it's happening? Is it the fact that the water temperatures are rising, or is it other factors? It's a I big mean, question. No, it is a big question. So yeah, um, but as I said, there's you know lots of research going on to see why these things are happening. So we'll, you know, sort of wait, wait and see if we can come up with some definitive answers. But you going on a boat, you can see this and then. Raise, raise awareness of this to the people who are on your boat. Yes. And then they go home and they tell their yeah. friends, their oh, family, yes. and it spreads. So that's, that's definitely the main it. That's thing the, that you do. That's the big thing about it is, um, you know, spreading awareness of the of the problems that are faced by the marine environment. And also, not just, obviously, the problems, but the... The positives the seas. Yes, you know, the seas are, you know, it's not, all, it's not doom and gloom. The, our seas are... We're seeing more more whales than we've seen. Um, last year, beginning of, well, the middle of, I suppose, last season, we were just off St. Michael's Mountain, saw seven whales within a mile and a half sort of radius, all at the same time. Quite phenomenal, which Maybe. haven't seen them like that before. Um, so we have minke whales and we think we also had a fin whale within within the southern whales so you know with there's lots there are lots of fish in the you know lots of fish there they're they're here for the food so they're not here just to sun themselves so yeah. <laughs> they're not down on holiday um so you know the states of the the sea are, around here is you know is pretty good at the moment but we need to keep it that way yes. um and we yeah need to keep an eye on the on all the guys that are out there. <laughs> what do you think it is about Mounts Bay that attracts so much incredible wildlife? Well, that's um, that's a good and tricky question to answer. Mm. We've got obviously we, well, I say obviously the Gulf Stream's not very far away from us. Here we're right on the tip of uh, southwest of the UK, so the Gulf Stream all bar hits us here. So we're getting lots of nutrient-rich waters coming in. Um, also, just being on the tip of Land's End, we've got some very strong currents, and the currents are bringing in lots of nutrients as well. So it's all down to food. Uh, we've got lots of areas, or well, a few areas of, of reef as well. So as the very strong currents go over the reefs, it causes upwelling again of nutrients. Um, so you know, lots of lots of food for the for the fish to eat so lots of food lots of fish lots of fish lots of other things eating the fish lots of you know hopefully dolphins whales porpoises um yeah and so is Mount's Bay part of like a migration route it's well it's part of a migration route for the basking sharks when we do see them they come in here on their way 
from further south going further north because they spend the majority of the summer months either up in Scotland, off on the west coast of Scotland or off, off, the, um, off of Ireland. Um, we have, I mean, the, the dolphins we get are normally common dolphins uh, here sort of most of the year round. You know, they don't, they sort of disappear off the middle of, uh, in sort of June, into June, in, into early July, but that's more to do with the temperature of the water sort of mm. changing and the lack of, uh, lack of fish we get in the bay then. So they just move really a little bit further offshore. It's not like they're disappearing. But yes, well, I mean, we get, especially um, over the, sort of winter months we're getting more and more humpback whale sightings coming in so they're yeah. migrating in which is absolutely fantastic to see um yeah and they've we you know the last few years we've been getting you know quite a few sightings of humpbacks which is just spectacular um so yeah things will be transiting mm -hmm. past us on their way to you know heading north to, to sort of colder waters with you know sort of lots of fish in them they'll be coming past us to to feed and move on mm. but yeah so. Mounts Bay is just I didn't realize before I moved here how just much of a hot spot it is for wildlife mm. you see so much you could travel across the world and see the same species in like Africa than you do here yes that's right which is insane but it's true and then same with others like seagrass in Mounts Bay that's a whole other conversation. Oh, yeah. No, that's one of the biggest in the Europe. Or that's the UK. brilliant. And again, so vitally important, not just the fact it takes so much carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and gives us a load of oxygen back, but also the fact that it's just vitally important to spawning grounds for um, for other, you know, for, for, for fish, for crabs, for all, for all sorts of things. It is so important and so you know it's great news it's a very it's a very positive thing that we're getting to see more seagrass it means something's happening we're doing something right or the uh you know um so it's yeah it's a it's a good good to see good it's to amazing see. yeah so what would you say your favorite memory is oh blimey favorite memory <laughs> there you can you have a favorite memory it's just it's it's just well, one um, that really took your breath away it's amazing just to see the reaction of people i think i don't think i can have one favorite memory but the reaction of of people who have have never seen um have never seen our wildlife um or never seen sort of marine wildlife up up close um, or even to have no knowledge it's there at all for them to see it for the first time you know I will quite often go out and I'll see something in the distance and I won't say anything I'll deliberately don't say anything I let them see it first and you'll look over your shoulder and look and wait until they've seen it and then they spot it and they think there's a splash what's that and then they, they know then they found can, that's it then they can identify it specifically as a dolphin or a whale or a seal or whatever just the look on their faces i think that's that's the you know that's the thing but seeing you know from a personal point of view just seeing the young seeing the young dolphins interacting with their with their mothers is just that you know that's just a, such an amazing feeling you've got this little 18 inch lump of <clears throat> baby dolphin jumping around like a lunatic it's just you know it's just fantastic to see it's just brilliant um so yeah there's no one thing i mean it's i love watching the birds i love watching the gannets dive onto the fish i love watching the way the formers all fly around the cliffs um it's just all spectacular. Just being just being just out being on there. the water is the favourite thing. Yeah. I think it's just you know, being being privileged enough to to spend time with some amazing amazing wildlife and to be able to share that. That's the that's the number one thing really. I yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. It's seeing reactions of people. Like I like showing people if I go rock pooling or if I now like getting some bones and showing them like, oh, did you know that this mm. is this. Seeing their face just like, oh, I, I, it's, I don't yeah. know what it is about it. No, it's just, 
it's such brilliant. a nice experience to see someone learn something for the first time and it their is. eyes light up. It is. So, yeah. so I mean, nice. as you touched on before, we um we also you know when, when we it's not only wildlife watching tours. Well, it, we do wild snorkeling tours as well, where we go. We've got a, a guide, Constance, who uh, I know you know very well, um, and um, you know we take people out on guided snorkeling tours and sometimes when we're really lucky we'll get a, a seal or come up and say hello to us you know, they're so inquisitive and playful in the water and they'll 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 come up you know sometimes fairly close and they'll look straight into your oh, eyes the first experience i had with that was just a massive ball just right there it doesn't feel real no. in the moment you're just sat there with your camera your whiskers I could smell your breath really that's but then it. it just looks at you for me a few seconds and it just swims that's off it. like they're just nosy yeah and that's, but it just that's it a, makes you just I don't know what it does it just makes you realise that they exist and the, the, just how amazing they are yes that's size, the thing they're like oh it's amazing yeah and to to see people's faces and expressions when they come out of the water after having an interaction like that having to be you know being privileged enough to spend a little time um being in the same environment as that um as that animal still, like, yeah it's, it's, it's wild that's what makes it even more incredible that's it that's it so you're in and you're in on it on their terms you're not in there on your terms you yeah. know it's that animal is in control of that situation and you're privileged enough to be there with it just uh, you know watching it do its thing for for those you know few seconds or minute or so it's just that's uh, you know truly amazing i think one Very of my amazing. favorite ones would be when we saw a pod of dolphins and we all put our cameras underneath so you can't oh. hear it from above but when you take the audio out Actually, you could kind of hear it above water, but hearing their communication mm. clicks—that's it—is something just from another world. It's oh, magical. it is. That... You realise how intelligent oh, they are. Yeah, we yeah, know yeah. they're intelligent. Yeah. They're having conversations, that's... learning that they actually have names for each yes, other. Yes, so that's quite incredible. Names. That's quite incredible to know it's... that they have—they do, and it's proven that they have names and they'll yeah. communicate using those those specific names to talk to each other yeah it's incredible but so, you know when you listen to them it does send a shiver down your spine you know it does think, it's but, a bit eerie yeah, but then but, uh, you realize that they're communicating that's and it. it's just yeah. incredible and that it's like they've chosen you and oh it's stunning. amazing it stunning. um we, you also do stuff in mountain marine group so that's the thing that we have in common <coughs> like that's how i met you that's how i yeah. met constance how i've met david that's um, it you use your atlantic adventures knowledge in Mounts Bay Marine Group, so you've took school kids out through the Cornwall Wildlife Trust that's doing a project with Mounts Bay at the moment, and there's ongoing stuff with F Pods. So you yes. can, like touch a bit on F Pods. I know it's very early days still. We're, we're still trying yeah, to figure yeah. out how we're going to do it. But what what is the purpose of these F Pods? Well, the F Pods are so this is a, a an acoustic um, recorder. So it's um, something that we is attached to the to seabed. So it's a microphone really, and it's. Um, just records what's going on in the water. So it's recording predominantly um, cetaceans, so whales and dolphins, listening to them clicking. And um, from the different uh, clicks, you can tell what sort of dolphin it is or what sort of whale it is. And sort of, you can sort of estimate the numbers of them. So if it's uh, if the device is kept in the water for over a few years, then you can build up a picture of what species we're getting, how many we're getting, how many we're getting at what time of year. Is it changing year on year? So important, uh, important data. So Very important, and it's new technology that's being used for it as well. And yes. again, Mount Spain and Cornwall are lucky to be yeah. one of the first to be able that's to do right. it. And this is a it's a it's a worldwide project as well. Yeah. So it's not just around the Cornish coast, the English coast. It's, it's all global it's project. all global, all around the world. Um, so you know you can never have enough data on no. on these things to build to try and build up a true picture of how our inv uh, marine environment is getting on. So yeah, exciting exciting, exciting project to be involved with. So looking forward to getting the 
getting the pod in the water and seeing the result of, uh, you know, seeing the result from the data. Yeah, Definitely. it's going to be good. It's going to be good. That's for sure. One last right, question. Yeah. What is it that you want your visitors to your ribs to take away from the experience? I think we've probably touched on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you see in your future as Atlantic Adventures? Well, um, what I want, well, what we hope that visitors will take away, as, as we sort of touched on before, is a is an understanding of what is in our seas, um, how important it is, um, and um, how we can make a difference as well, all as individuals. So, as I said, you know, before about if you're walking on the beach, you see something, anything that forms a loop, pick it up, put it in the bin. Um, you might say it's insignificant, but it makes it could possibly make a difference. It could possibly, you know, sort of save a life. So it's really uh, it's really important that we have that understanding, but also that that you come away having had a you know positive experience and you've you've got something out of it, a, a, an understanding of how important our marine environment is um and it's made you feel good <laughs> really that's that's the, a also a really there. important thing um where do we you know where are we going to we're just going to keep doing what we're doing really i think um we get a lot out of uh, obviously sharing with others um and so to be able to take people out that would not normally have that experience or be able to, to, to gain access to that experience. So as you were saying, school children, uh, underprivileged uh, people, to be able to take them out. And they're, you know, everybody's in, entitled to, to this, uh, to, to, to our environment and to, um, to, to be able to get something from it. So that's, uh, you know, a really important uh, really important thing but um yeah so enjoy enjoy the wildlife enjoy being out in the open is the number one important thing i think for us definitely. yeah definitely um there are also um you know as you touched upon before we we do work with the marine strandings network so um if you do if you are out and about and you come across a a, a dead animal on the beach unfortunately you might then there's some telephone numbers that you can ring i would imagine you can put a link yeah. at the bottom of the, the pod so yeah, click on lucy's yeah. link to the marine surroundings network and then if you come across anything you can give them a ring and also everybody at um uh, atlantic adventures so that's myself my wife Kay, who does some admin work from us and connie who's our snorkeling guide we're all part of British Divers Marine Life Rescue. So what we do for them is if we come, if there's a uh, an injured animal, uh, alive. alive, yeah, injured animal, um, or an animal that's maybe on a busy beach and there are lots of people around it and lots of dogs and things, so it's getting disturbed, then we'll either come out and we'll um, we'll medically assess the animal. So we'll we'll treat it and we can take it off to our hospital um or we can just keep um you know keep the animals safe so keep members of the public at distance and inform members of the public of what's there and, and why it's important it stays there so yeah so there's also uh, you can also ring british divers marine life rescue they'll send one of the trained medics out to um to uh, you know sort of keep an eye on the animal and as I mentioned before, there's also, if you come across a big bit of net or big bit of something on the beach that needs shifting, we've got ghost net busters and there's some other netty type organisations, which no doubt you could kindly put yes. a link for those guys as well. And also, you know, as we, we I keep going on about education, but we've also got some amazing, um, amazing individuals and groups round and about that are, are trying to um you know push uh, 
the sort of education, get the message out there. So we've got Cornwall Wildlife Trust yeah. that are getting the message out. And then we've also got some individuals like um, Connie who runs her, um, she's got an amazing collection of uh, marine natural history and she goes around schools and, and groups um, giving talks about um, sort of natural history. She's got an amazing collection of skulls and bones. Oh, I love and it. Stuffed animals. I know you've you've interviewed her a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but fantastic. It's um, expanding the people who maybe can't that's it. for whatever reason get on the boat. Yeah. They can see that's the it. skulls. So that's so uh, it's brilliant. It's for everyone. It is for everybody. And that's you've just said it. It's for everybody. So it's important that people know that there are um, there are groups out there to get involved with. So um, the marine groups you know wherever you are yeah. in the southwest of england get hold of a marine group they're all backed by the by cornwall wildlife trust so fantastic way of uh gaining knowledge and sharing knowledge as well it's brilliant if you um, yeah. if you've got some some ideas and you know stuff about things there's lots of people out there that have be you know sort of would be brilliant uh, to be able to share your knowledge with others as well. So projects to get involved that's it. In. So endless. Lots there's of things. So find your niche. yeah. So both the marine trainings networks are, do training programs all the time. British Divers Marine Life Rescue yeah. do training programs all the time. Brilliant. Not only it's it's good to be able to get out there and 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 help um, and get involved with citizen science, but it's good to be able to get out there with like-minded people as well so important so important indeed you get it's an excuse to go to the beach and, it's an excuse uh, to go to the beach with your friends yes is it but you're doing stuff you are and that's, that's making the, a difference yeah yeah, yeah. The, that's the real important yeah, thing whether you're sure you're pointing to one stranger walking past oh there's a bit of ghost gear there by the way just then tell them about ghost gear they'll go home and tell those people that's it so even yeah. just that interaction that's it it's all fantastic stuff so yeah brilliant Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Andy. That's brilliant. Well, thank you very much to you, Lucy. It's been a lovely experience to be able to, to share a little bit about what we do and why we do it. And uh, yes, thank you. That's all right. You've got so much knowledge and experience to share, so I had to talk to you. Um, <laughs> you just spark comes out when you talk about it. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Lovely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andy, for allowing me to spend some time with you and just talk to you about your passion, about your boat and the wildlife you see out there. And just thank you for everything you're doing with raising awareness. It's incredible. And I highly recommend if anyone is in Mounts Bay or in West Cornwall, please do, if you can, go on his boat meet Andy, meet Constance and get out on that boat and go explore the bay. You would not regret it. It is honestly an incredible experience and you learn so much and you're surrounded by so many lovely faces and lovely people. If you want to find more information about Andy and about Atlantic Adventures, you can follow his website. He also has a Facebook page and an Instagram. I will leave all that information in the show notes, as well as his email and all of the extra bits of information we mentioned about hotline numbers and who to call if you find ghost gear. All of those details I will put in the show notes for you all. <laughs> <laughs>